Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Strong with Dr. Michael G. Daniels. This is your host, C.B. Baker. We got a real special one for you today. And today, so everybody knows, today is Friday. We normally record on Monday uh, mornings, but today is Friday. And uh, we had to move everything for Friday to be able to make special accommodations for our guest, Miss Anita McLean. So welcome to the show, Anita McLean. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And also the the man of the hour, uh, Dr. Michael G. Daniels. Welcome to the show. Hi. It's always good to have a, uh, an opportunity to speak to um, our listening and our viewing audience. And uh, I am sure that uh, today's uh, podcast will be one that everybody finds extremely entertaining, educational, and as well as interesting. All right. So uh, I know both of these people very well, of course. So. In one time we was talking and a very controversial subject came up of hugging in church. And the women in the group that we had a discussion with Dr. Daniels felt like when you stood up at the pulpit and said, you know, turn to your neighbor and hug them and tell you love them, that the women was like, they didn't like that. They was very adamant. They did not want that to happen. And then you made a couple of comments in this group meeting and the, and the women was like, oh, no, the women that's giving the hugging know what they're doing. So that's the subject of this podcast today. Do the women really know what they're doing? Are they trying to steal people men in church? Well, well, let me say this first. You know, I think that the issue that really come to surface is, is whether or not um, sexual harassment goes both ways. You know, it, uh, is it only men that can harass women or can women actually harass men? And I think that really is it's the centerpiece of it all. So when when you look at, um, um, you know, if someone says, you know, show love to your neighbor by, by hugging your neighbor, um, the question becomes is, is it unwanted and uh, is it meant to be in that regard now you know do I think that every woman that hugs a man is trying to harass them no do I think that every man that hugs a woman is trying to harass them no um, but I think the issue is is not always the intent but it is also how I feel when you do what you do so my intent may be good but you may take it you know in a way that causes you some discomfort and if it causes you discomfort then I need to not do it. I think the issue with the people when we were discussing it um, was not necessarily that women are upset with that because I don't think all women are. I think the issue is that there are some wives who are uncomfortable with some women hugging their husbands. I think that's the real thing. Uh, You know, some wives are uncomfortable with women hugging their husbands and some men are uncomfortable with men hugging their wives. And I think that's the thing that we have to kind of look at and see, well, you know, where does, where do we take that? All right, Anita. Yeah. Well, I have to say I agree. I agree with all of um, what Pastor Daniels just said. Um, and I've talked to several women in the church and it does go on both sides and even the men because some women feel that, hey, you hugging on my husband or you hugging on my boyfriend but you didn't even say two words to me. So that's where some of the women get a little aggravated at with, um, you know, hug your neighbor when they're not even approaching a woman. And even some of the men, I've talked to some of the men who has, you know, they have a girlfriend in church and someone knows they have a girlfriend. They'd be like, you know, so-and-so came and she scrolls me tight and she know my girlfriend was with me. 
and my girlfriend looking at me, you know, like what's going on. But some people, you know, their intentions really are, okay, I'm hugging you because I'm giving you a brotherly hug. You know, that's what the Bible says. We can greet each other like that. But um, there are people who have their own inner, you know, things that happen to themselves or things that happen in past relationships. And they still even bring that to church when it comes to a, a, a simple greeting, you know, or a simple have a great week, be blessed. And some people still bring whatever feelings they had in the past, they bring that there at church, but sometimes they still leave it there. So, so, so do you think if somebody, you know, pastor, you say hug your neighbor and the woman, and I'm sitting in church by myself, like, you know, uh, like usually I am at the front of the church filming or something. And somebody comes three people over to give me a hug. Is that a sign that this is done maliciously on purpose or is they just really want to give me a, a brotherly hug? Which what, what is what is the difference here? Let me say this just um, for put, put the, everything in proper context. OK, right. the Bible teaches us that we are to greet one another. Um, with a holy kiss. And, and, and what people have to understand is the cultural um, uh, side of what was going on. In, in Mid-Eastern countries, Mid- Middle East countries, even today, greet with a holy kiss. But it's not just male-female. It's male-male. You know, when men from, from, from Mid-Eastern countries, when they greet one another, they kiss each other on the cheek. That's a part of how they greet. Uh, and actually, the holy kiss was not male-to-female. See, the holy kiss was male-to-male. Because in Mid-Eastern countries, uh, a woman was considered off limits as far as touching them physically. Right. And in fact, you know, they covered themselves pretty much, as you know, especially in Arab countries, they cover themselves quite well. Right. And so a man wouldn't approach a woman and hug and kiss her, but a man would approach another man and hug and kiss him. So when people say, you know, I'm greeting with a holy kiss, they need to understand that really that was meant male to male and not male to female. Okay, just okay. just as simple. Now, uh, and so that's that that's an excuse that some people will use. Uh, so they can, you know, I guess in my opinion, it, it would be sexual harassment if I'm using that as my excuse, you know, to, to put my lips upon you. Uh, yeah. That really is sexual harassment. But there are uh, men, there are ministers that will say to women, that's in the Bible, that yeah. I should greet you with a holy kiss, you know. And so they trick them into allowing themselves um, to be allowed to kiss the woman when it's certainly not a biblical concept for them to do that. That is sexual harassment at its core. Uh, Now, as far as the other thing you brought about, well, um, it's a matter of intent. See, it's hard for the observer, and that's the point that I'm trying to put out there. It's hard for the observer to determine intent. I can't look at a woman and say her intention was to flirt. I can't look at a man and say his intention is to flirt. Right. Okay, uh, and so th- that's why if you look at the definition for sexual harassment, it is un- 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 unwanted, right? Mm-hmm. It has to be unwanted, and, but it also has to be conveyed that way, you know, because you don't know it's unwanted until it's conveyed. Right. You don't know that a person doesn't want you to hug them until they tell you, I don't want you to hug me. Right. Because in that setting, hugging is something that is a common thing to do. So let's say a woman does cross three people to hug you. Right. Well, it may be because they know the other people very well. And their concept is, I want to make him feel at home. 
Right. That necessarily mean that they're trying to flirt. Mm. So I, I see, I see a look over here from from Anita. So. I mean, like, we, we cannot read anybody's mind. We really don't know the intent. However, if it was me and, and, a, and a man was three rows behind me, he doesn't know me, and he makes his way over there to hug me, I am going to be thinking, why is he running up hugging on me? When I, you know, he yeah, went three rows behind I didn't say me. three rows behind. I said if you were on the same row, and it happened to be two people between you and that person. See, I, I've never seen people go three rows well, to hug somebody. That's what CB said happened to him. I, I, I'm yeah. just saying, if, if someone comes up from behind you, you don't know what row they came from. Right. I'm just saying. All you know is now, guess, you didn't guess, see them. But I guess the, the point is, and I'm going to put myself out there, am I at fault for hugging the person that I don't know that came up to me at church and hugged. Right, and see, that's what I'm saying, is that the issue uh, is, what are you at fault? Of course not. Now, no. you're not at fault. Now, if you, if that's an issue, let's say, and you tell the person, hey, that's an issue, I'm going to shake your hand. If they continue, then they have sexually harassed you. Right. I mean, it, sexual harassment goes both ways. It is not just a male to female, it's a female to male. And, and what I'm saying is that, I, you know, I get that we always like to put our own feelings on people right. to say, well, if it was me, that's what I would be doing. But I'm saying you can't do that. You can never assume that just because you would do something that that's what the other person is doing. I don't care if they came from the back of the church. Let's say they did come 10 rows up to hug you. That doesn't necessarily mean that that person is trying to harass you. Now, it doesn't mean they are not. Right. What I'm saying doesn't mean they are. Right. And so it's a simple solution to figuring it out. If you're uncomfortable, you put your hand up and say, I'm uncomfortable. And you move on. I I don't think, well, like I said, we can't talk for all, but I don't think it's always harassment. I, I really think some people just want to hug somebody and just want to greet them. Now, that's like you said, everything is not what we think, but that's that's my observation is some people really just genuinely just want to say, have a great week and give someone a hug. And some people actually want a hug, not a squeeze hug. You know, there's different right. type of hugs. There's squeeze from the front, from the side or whatever. So, so which hug is appropriate for a married person to give in church? Which type of hug? Because you said there's three types of hugs. I hug. think it's a distance one. When you reach out your arms, but your body's not touching. Right. That That's what I think is appropriate. That's just me. Um, I think that's appropriate. But it depends on the relationship you have. Right. Like if I see my, my nephews or brothers and family, I, they may feel more comfortable with me entering their personal space, that I can hug them closer. So uh, people that I don't really know, I'll give them a side hug. Right. And, and, and them, I can tell you, most women who are, I guess, over over 65, 70, they hug you. Right. They squeeze you. They, right. They, they squeeze you. They, they hug you. Um, and, and some of it is because they feel the nurturing. Mean, there's a nurturing within people, you know. Now, uh, let me give you a quick example. Let's say you're sitting on the front row. Right. But you are by yourself on the front row. And a, a, a woman is, I don't know, always in the back of the church, but she sees you on the front row by yourself. Now, you're not always smiling when you're on the front row because you're, you're intent on whatever you're doing. Right. Her mindset may not be, 
he's not smiling because he's focused on recording. Her mindset might be he's not smiling because he's going through something. And so she makes it her mind to say, let me go over there and cheer him up. Now, the person who is a casual observer may say, wow, she walked all the way over here to hug him. But that's what I'm saying. You can't judge the intent because there have been times when I, you know, I'm in in the pulpit and I'm looking at people and during my service, I'll see somebody with tears in their eyes. You know, I'm I'm seeing them crying. Right. Right. Now, you know, I don't walk out to hug everybody. I just go in the back, you know. But as I'm in the back and people are are coming past me, you know, sometimes that person I saw with tears, when they come by, they will hold me for a while, you know. But I don't think it's because they are flirting. I think it's because whatever I say, it connected. And when it connects with them, they feel that, the spirit, that connection. Now, other folk might look at it and say, well, they held the pastor for a mighty long time, right? But but they don't know what that person was going through, and they don't know how what I said impacted that person and the relief that person may have gotten by the word touching them that day. Right. And that's why I'm saying you can't you cannot just you know say it you know and say well they did this wrong. And that's why I, you know, I want to go back to to, to the, the fact that I think the thing you have to look at is. How do we distinguish sexual harassment? Because that's really what the deal is. How do we distinguish sexual harassment? What is it? Are people improperly doing it? Are are they improperly using their positions either in the church or whatever? You know, whether it be a deacon, whether it be the preacher, or whether it be the congregational member or the choir member. Are they using that improperly to unduly put people in a difficult situation? And so if, if, if because the pastor says, you know, hug somebody, let them know God loves you, okay? Right. And they use it as an opportunity to, you know, um, right. to, you know, squeeze a little tight, you know, touch a place that it shouldn't touch. Right. Then that's sexual harassment, you know, no doubt in my mind. And we got to call it what it is, you know. Um, but I, again, I just think, I think that, you know, that's that's at the core of the issue. And again, you know, I'll stress to you right now, they, they are um, deacons, um, that, that we have had and along with us I hope we don't have any still there but I know that we had deacons that I have chastised because they have tried to kiss women in an inappropriate way in the mouth in the mouth and, and, and say that you know well that's a holy kiss right no no that's not that's improper you know that's, that's not what you do now uh, I don't know I, I can't judge their intent see I don't know if they really thought that because that's the way they were taught Right. Before they came to Enoch, I don't know because it was an elderly, you know, deacon. I don't know that, but all I know is from my perspective that was the wrong interpretation of the scripture. Right. Now I know you're looking at me like, well, how could you not know? Because I don't know. No, no, no. I'm saying that. I'm, I'm <laughs> I, don't, that I don't know your intent. Whoever did that, how could they not think it's okay to kiss them out in the mouth? I, I guess what I'm saying That's is that so personal because I don't know their intent. You know, but I, you I, have I, culture I, I issues with you know some cultures. That's not that big a deal. I'm just throwing it out there. What in what American culture is not a big deal to kiss them out of mouth? I, I can tell you. Um, American culture. There are, um, even in America, there are people that are comfortable with, you know, kissing you on the lips. I'm going to give you a classic example. I know men that, you know, that when their, their sons, they grew up kissing them on the lips. And when the son is 20 years old, they still kiss them on the lips. Okay, now I don't. We know it's, it's I know 
but I'm just saying. No, I'm talking about African. I'm talking about African Americans. I know African American men that still do that. All I'm saying is that just because they do it, it doesn't necessarily mean is you know it's an issue. I guess what I'm saying. Like I said, we're the Hebrews, same way. They don't have a problem doing that. I'm not and, saying that, but we bring it. We're talking about the church, right? We're talking about but, somebody no, kissing somebody in the I'm mouth sa- at our church. I'm saying that those folk might be at our church because we don't know where they where their background was. All I'm saying is if you come to the, if you come to Enoch from another church, let's say, right? Pentecostal, let's say Pentecostal, and some Pentecostal churches people are a little more friendlier as far as, you know, washing feet and, and, you know, all those kinds of things. Right. So if you come from that setting, right, where it was customary to, to wash somebody's feet, let's say. And, and so um, a man may say to a woman, you know, uh, in, in, in whatever, go to the hospital, let's say the scripture says this, you know, let me, let me anoint you with all, let me wash your feet. Well, if that's what you were taught in that Pentecostal setting, when you came to Enoch, you might not necessarily think that that's improper. Now, me personally, as a Baptist preacher, that's not, you know, my teaching. You know, my teaching is not we do all that, you know, feet washing and familiarity kind of stuff. Because I understand the context of the scripture when it was done. But everybody doesn't teach the context of when it was done. You know, there's some people that don't, you know, they don't teach that. So if you don't teach it and you don't know why people are doing it, you just do it. There are many people who have come to me and said, Pastor, when are we going to have a foot washing service? You know, when are we going to do it for it? And I say, well, why should we have it? Tell me right. why. Because right. I understand that everybody's not comfortable with people washing their feet. I, I mean, I see what you're saying. And like you said, I'm basing it on personal because I have went to several churches myself, you know, when we went to North, especially South Carolina, um, and people had different practices. But I knew to stand back and see what was going on in the church. Mm-hmm. So I see people, you know, they're touching foreheads and people falling out and they're doing all these things. So I know if I go to a church, another church, and I don't see people doing that, that lets me know it's not a custom of this church. It's not a practice right. anyway. So why would it be a practice then if you don't see anybody else kissing somebody in the mouth and rubbing people on the feet? Why would you think you're going to go to this church? You don't see it happening, but then, but you're going to start doing it and I, it's going to be okay. I can easily tell you why. Because when you go to a church, you don't try to bring what you taught to that church. So you look for a church that has the same teachings that you've already had. Everybody doesn't do that. There are a lot of people when they go to a church, they try to bring what they were taught at the old church to the new church. And I can tell you because, uh, as I said from the pulpit this past Sunday, you know, I am the pastor. Right. I, I don't need another p- person telling me how to be the pastor. But there are a number of people that who, who joined Enoch that will come to me and say, hey, pastor, why don't we do this? Why don't we have this kind of service? Why don't we do X? Why don't we do Y? Wow. So, I mean, so I'm, I'm just saying mm-hmm. it is a common thing for people to come and think we ought to adopt a process or a procedure that was at the church they came from. Right. In, in, in fact, some of them left the church because they didn't like what was going on. Why did they leave their church and, then? But they want to bring the same practice to our church. Right. But they love their own practices. But, but I'm just saying, but what, what, it's, this is what it reminds me of. Uh, and there are people who, who have never been supervisors that don't like their supervisor. And they will say, 
If I become a supervisor, I'm not going to do that. And then turn around to the exact same thing. But when they become a supervisor, they do the exact same thing because that's all they know. So you go back to what's familiar, you know, and that's why the issue, that's why I'm uh, I'm trying to frame it in a a different uh, framework. So I'm saying the issue has to be what does the Bible say? And how do we teach people what the Bible says? Mm -hmm. Because if they understand what a holy kiss really is, if you understand how men greeted women, you know, biblically, you know, and then you add our culture to that, we would not have the issues of sexual harassment that we have. Churches are filled with issues of sexual harassment that don't come to the forefront. I can tell you that. People just don't say it because wow. they're uncomfortable. You know, if you if you walk into a receiving line and the pastor squeezes you a little tight, well, you don't say nothing probably because you ain't sure. Was he doing that because he was trying to make a pass at me? Or was that just because he was trying to comfort me? You know, you, you don't know. And so most people don't want to call the pastor out. You know, you don't want to go to a, a church you just visited and say to one of the deacons or one of the members, your pastor just sexually harassed me. You, you, like that Richard Pryor movie with the pastor. Right. You know, you just kind of move on. Right. You know, and, 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 and the same thing happens, you know, in, in reverse. Just because a lady is 70 years old and she squeezes you don't mean she meant it in a nurturing way. That's right. Yeah. You know. Now, do you do you find yourself sometimes at church with a little bit of a guard on, like making sure that you know that everything is on the up and up when you go to greet people? Always. Does, does Always. That, does that take away from your experience or the experience that you're able to provide to the people at church? It, it doesn't for me because um, w- once something becomes a habit. You know, it's not an issue anymore, right. and so that, that's that's that is it's a it's a habit for me, and uh, how I greet people, and how I deal with people. You know, for example, I, I will I will not go to a woman's house um, by myself. Right. If I know, I don't care how old you are, if I know you're by yourself, I don't go. You know, I, I, I same thing, um, uh, and I don't I won't I won't have counseling without the secretary or or office assistant without her being there, you know, and if she's, if an emergency happens and she's not there, someone else is going to be right there. I'm I'm not going to be there by myself with the person, you know, uh, you know, there, I mean, there there are some times when it's unavoidable, let's say like, you know, you're leaving church and someone says, Hey pastor, I need to ask you a question. Well, everybody's leaving right then. So I, you know, I, 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 you know, I may have to talk to them, but I'm not going to close any doors. Right. You know, you know, those kind of things. Um, and, and that's because you don't want people to to take your actions in the wrong way. And, and people can um, just like, you know, you, you think about um, there are numerous of cases where women have fallen in love with their doctors, let's say. And, 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 and when did the doctor meant anything, you know, it's because when people are caring and nurturing and, and, and they help you, you, you tend to get emotionally attached to them. And, and so as a counselor, you have to, you know, appreciate that. And that's a part of being a counselor. You know, when, you, when you're a trained counselor, you, right. you, you, you know, a part of your coursework. But, you know, I, I, you know that's, so that's, let me see, but that, that's an issue. But to me, the biggest issue are those folk that are not properly trained or those folk who are intentionally, you know, uh, doing things that put a bad light on Christianity. And there, I mean, there, there are a lot of people, as I say, that in a lot of churches. Like a wolf in sheep clothing. Oh, right. They're wolves in sheep clothing where they they are not um, doing, the hugs are not always benign. Let me put it that right. way. Right. 
Yeah, and most people can really, you can really tell when it's not, like I said, the church hug. You can tell. And, but the, the thing that really, that got me in, the, in that conversation that we had was, how am I supposed to know when you make the call from the pulpit? And then I just turned to, you know, I literally shut my camera down. Next thing I know is two people standing there, you know, it was hug, hug. And I go talk to Chad and, and then twin at the, you know, drummer and everybody else about how good a performance everything was. I'm not even thinking about it. But then later on, I get word about, yeah, you was hugging on such and such too long. And why'd you hug that? It's like, I don't even know who the person was. I don't know the name. Don't even know what he looked like. So it, I thought it was interesting to me that. I was at fault for something that another person did to me. Right. And then I didn't even have, I didn't even have a word to get it. I couldn't even get the word out. Like I just sit there and just took it. Well, I'm going I'm to I'm kind of change the subject a little bit from what you're saying and, and go back to what pastor was saying. I went to go visit somebody in the hospital and my profession is nursing. I've been doing it for a long time and I'm used to seeing patients you know, by myself in a room. But I went to go and visit um, a member that was sick. And it was a male. And when I went to go talk to him and, and pray, because I know, you know, you get in and out of there, you know, he started saying things that were very inappropriate and was trying to reach for my hand. And I learned a very uh, valuable thing, just like Pastor just said, never go by yourself. I don't care how old they are or how young they are. Always take somebody with you. Um, if you're going to see a man, try to get a man. I try to get my husband or my son to go with me, um, but don't go alone. Well, and, and especially the hospital setting, because folk don't always they don't uh, have medication. They on medication. They they they're not dressed all the way up. They're this hanging over, this hanging over, and right. and leg hanging out of the bed, and all this kind of stuff. So you really right. um, yeah. But sometimes those men really kind of play with people's minds, especially when they on some serious pain medication, mm-hmm. and they're not thinking straight. And they may say something wrong or do something wrong, and you can take it the wrong way. But it's always safe to always have somebody with you. Right. So I learned that valuable lesson because I felt comfortable because that was my comfort zone. But I was like, no, don't do that anymore. Yeah, you asked the question uh, whether or not you were you were at fault um, <laughs> because someone because someone hugged you, um, and that, that's 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 a, a whole nother um, broadcast about about two three hour broadcast because uh, what that re- here's what that really involves. What that really involves is is a matter of how comfortable we are with our own relationships and our own experiences. See, I don't view every man as a wolf in sheep clothing, but I do view every man as a wolf. You know, but with my... That's interesting. Wait a minute. Why do you say that? Because, see, if you view every woman... You, if you view a woman as a woman in sheep's clothing, clothing, then your thought process is that that woman somehow is sneaky. That woman somehow is, you know, under my hand, this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't. I view people as being who they are. I'm saying so. I view every okay. man as a wolf. You know, men are wolves. That's 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 their makeup. That's what they are. So the issue is, do I view my wife as a sheep? That's the thing. See, I don't. I don't view my wife as a sheep. I view my wife as a uh, a, 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 a wolf est. Okay, so my point being this: she's a grown woman, 
And, you know, if, if my wife works in a public environment, you know, so do I really think that in that public environment that no man ever hugs her? No, that's crazy. I know that that's not the case. Right. So if, 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 if she's hugged in that environment, you know, and, and hopefully that doesn't make her think, well, wow, this man hugged me, you know, uh, that, that's, that's the new man for me. Mm-hmm. So why am I going to think just because somebody at church hugged her that that's going to be the issue? See, I guess that's my point. See, right. I, there's I no see, difference. There's no difference. And so it's the same thing. If a woman hugs you at church, uh, you know, what, what is that going to make you really want her? Here's the thing. It's I, not I, your fault. I, I, right, right. It's not your fault. And I think... See, I think that, I'm glad I'm getting this recorded. Well, I think that women think the wrong way, you know. And me and some, some men too. I was gonna say men and women. Some, think right? The wrong way. Some. I, I learned this from my, my older brother uh, that people think the wrong way. It is not the person you see you need to worry about. It's the person you don't see. Right. Let me tell you, the woman that hugs you publicly ain't the one your wife better worry about. Right. Same thing with a man. Right. The man that hugs your wife publicly ain't the one you better worry about. It's the one that sneaks and hugs her and you just happen to catch him doing it when he ain't looking. That's the one you better worry about. So if you sit in the front row and the cameras are rolling right. and a woman walk up and hug you and your mother-in-law is sitting right on the other row right. and your grandmother-in-law sitting right beside you. Right. right. Oh, yeah. Remember right, that woman. Right. Because they know that, what, grandma going to tell uh, mother in law going to tell. All right. <laughs> that ain't what she got to worry about. It's the other one she got to worry about. And the same thing with a man. You know, if a man at church hooked my wife, that don't bother me. Why? I mean, I'm right there looking at him. Right. You know, it's the ones that I don't see that I need to be worrying about. But to me, I don't let that worry me. I ain't worried about none of that. Yeah, I don't let that worry me. You know why? Everybody grown. Wrong. Everybody have, you know, you have to feel secure in who you are. And I feel secure in who I am, and I trust that my wife feels secure in who she is, you right. know. And if my marriage can be torn up by a hug, I don't have a good marriage anyway. Yeah, the foundation was cracked it, to begin with. It was, it was, it was towed toe up from the flow up. Yeah. If a hug will do something, if I'm paying the mortgage, I'm paying insurance, right. I'm, I'm paying Dominion Power, right. and some man can hug her and take her from me, <laughs> Right. something wrong. Something definitely wrong. Something wrong. So, any uh, any other thoughts or comments on that, Anita? No, I just think it's interesting because we talk on one hand, sexual harassment. So, those are the unwanted hugs and the unwanted um, touches. And I think um, sometimes we assume everybody's going to say something like they can stand up for themselves when something happens to them. But history shows us that that's not the case. Everyone is not strong. Everyone is not going to go to their pastor or to their friend and say, you know what? They, they kind of hug me tight or they've been kissing on me every Sunday when I go to church. So to me, the message to get out is to say something about it. If you feel uncomfortable with the way somebody's touching you or even talking to you, this talking leads to something else. Um, if you can't say anything, tell somebody, say something about it. Because everyone should be able to come and serve and be comfortable and enjoy the message, enjoy the people around them. And if there are some wolves out there with sheep clothing, they need to be identified. How, how would you handle that, though? If it, of course, if it's not a deacon or if it's just somebody in the congregation 
that was doing that? How, what is the, the, I know you ain't got the positive procedure book in front of you. Well, actually, I do have the policy book in front of me. It's, it's right here. This is the procedural book for that, right? Okay. Because here's what the Bible says. And, and I granted, everybody doesn't always feel comfortable following the Bible. Let me say that up front. The Bible says if you have an ought against your brother, so if there's any problem between you and your brother, the Bible says the first thing you do is you tell your brother. So if someone comes to you and they do something that you feel is inappropriate, you tell them right then and there, hey, I'm not comfortable with you hugging me. I'm not comfortable with you kissing me. You know, I'm not comfortable with that. Right. So you tell your brother. Then it says if that doesn't resolve the problem, then you bring another with you a witness with you. Right. So the Bible says, then you take someone else, you know, who you feel comfortable with to the person and you explain the situation to them. If then they don't hear you, then you bring them to, to, to the pastor. And, and that's the procedure because uh, we, we want to follow the Bible because we are a Christian uh, uh, body of believers. And so that's the process. Now, here's what you can take to the bank. If you follow that, the harassment is going to stop. Yeah, most, See, almost definitely. Right. If you go tell that person up front, Oh, excuse me, you got to put your tongue back in your mouth because you can't put your tongue in my mouth. I don't care who you are, you know, Uh, and and they might then just kind of laugh it off. Ha 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 ha, you know, but then when the next time they try it, you bring somebody else with you and you say, uh, listen, this is the problem, you know, and because once you put another witness, that tends to stop a whole lot of stuff right then and there. Now, if someone is that hard headed and they still won't stop. Then you bring them to me and, and, and we deal with it, you know, in, in, in that way. And, and even though the church is certainly a, a place that's open and, and caring and want everybody to come in, even churches won't tolerate all things. And so uh, we won't tolerate someone who openly uh, wants to harass anyone, you know. So if, if that's your pol- if that's where you are, then we'll have to you know, deal with it in a way that says you cannot come back. All right. Great conversation. Thank you so much, Anita, for joining us um, for this podcast episode. And I'll be sure to bring you back for the um, other topic that me and uh, Pastor um, was discussing about what it was like being the sister of someone that um, became a pastor. So that will be at a later date. But thank you so much for joining. Uh, Pastor, anything else you'd like to say before we close out? Uh, No, just want to make sure one, uh, hopefully, um, uh, have have, have a great uh, day. And and don't forget, do something nice for somebody through the week. Uh, Don't keep it all to yourself. That's very good and very well said. Thank you so much. This is your host, C.B. Baker. Till next time.